Hey everyone, welcome back to Lessons in Product Management brought to you by Path to Product. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast or the YouTube channel, if you're listening on YouTube, we do have a great podcast where we have uh, podcast-only content. If you're listening on the podcast, we do have a great YouTube channel, uh, the Path to Product YouTube channel with video-only content. So if you're listening to one, be sure to subscribe to the other and vice versa. And if you're listening on Apple, on the podcast app, uh, hit the show, drop down to the bottom, leave us a rating, leave us a review. And since we're doing a lot of Ask Me Anything sessions, in your review, ask me a question and we'll get it answered on air. So thanks for joining me today. We were going to have Jake Ashan Darianani, uh, product manager, join us to talk through crafting better solutions to customer problems. But um, life happens and, and we needed to reschedule. But I, I still wanted to to take a crack at this and then we'll have him back on to dive into this deeper. But there's there's a couple things, I think, at a high level that I think can help us shape and frame how we approach crafting better solutions to customer problems. And I wanted to just break that down for a few seconds. And to start, I think we just don't ask enough questions, right? It's, it's too easy as a product manager to get feedback from customers and then put it in our backlog of, hey, customers are asking for the solution, let's put it in the backlog. And then let's, let's go prioritize the backlog and figure out where it fits into the roadmap. All right, that's one way to do things, but you're probably not gonna be the best product manager operating that way, right? So when, when feedback gets brought to you, the most important thing you need to do is understand why is that feedback coming your way? And what I mean is we're often approached with solutions and maybe the problem comes with it but even when a customer or an internal stakeholder speaking on behalf of a customer comes to us and says hey customers having this problem our competitor has this thing um, that we need this solution whatever whatever is that input that you're receiving we need to understand why and, and the beauty of asking our internal stakeholders you know why are they having this problem when are they having this problem? How often are they having this problem? It forces them after they have to answer those questions a few times or go back to the customers and try to ask those questions in retrospect. Once they have to go through that a few times, they don't want them back and forth. So they'll start asking those questions on your behalf and start doing some better user research for you. So that way, whenever they come to you and you start asking them those questions, they have answers, right? And I would always encourage you, uh, if there's still unanswered questions, to ask that sales rep or customer support rep or, or whoever it is, account manager, to get on the line with the customer so you can dive deeper with them and ask them better questions. And, and the reason is, is because we want to be able to precisely define the problems that we're trying to solve. It's, it's the cornerstone of good product management. If, if we haven't precisely defined the problem, we're never going to solve the underlying problem. And we're never gonna be able to prioritize appropriately because we take problems and we should be prioritizing based on things like reach, impact and effort, right? It's the, the RICE framework, there's other frameworks to prioritize, but I think it's a really good one for, for most cases, right? And so if we know that by solving this problem, it's gonna impact a bunch of people and the impact of it is gonna be significant, right? whether it's you're solving a big problem or you're seizing on a new opportunity that has scale within your customer base, so reach, 
and then it's going to make a big difference to them impact okay so we have to be able to precisely define the problem before we can ever appropriately measure the reach and the impact and then to understand the effort to know where that falls into our levels of prioritization okay so once we've precisely defined the problem and we've been able to prioritize and we know what we're going to work on then then we've done some initial groundwork that is critical for the rest of the phase right because we can solution and ideate all day long but that's like the second half of the solution that's the second half of the equation i should say the first half of the equation is making sure that we're solving problems worth solving that's going to meet a business objective and that's actually going to solve a customer problem because at the end of the day if, if we spend time developing products that don't solve a problem and don't meet a business objective then we're wasting time and money a lot of time and money in some cases and we're we're not only not doing our job we're putting our company in a situation where we're becoming a detriment to the business and so when a lot of people come and say you know i want to be a product manager i always ask like do you really want to be a product manager do you really understand the, the level of responsibility this requires and the level of responsibility that will be on your shoulders because either you're impacting the business or you're hurting the business or sorry you're impacting the business either way either you're helping the business or you're hurting the business um it's it's very rarely ever neutral it's like in life we're either growing or we're dying right um any any organic creature not to get too sciencey on you but you're either growing or you're dying and it's the same way in our business either our business is growing or it's dying and you you may say well there's a middle state you could be stagnant hmm. that that's dying because people around you who want the customers you have or the customers you're going after chances are they're not stagnant and they're not dying they're trying to grow and so as a product manager we have to make sure that we're putting our, our business in the best position to succeed by trying to solve the right problems precisely defined problems in a way that meets a business objective okay so with that said now we are ready to start building solutions and there's all over Twitter right now, if, if you're a product manager or aspiring product manager and you follow other PMs on Twitter or um, you know, startup founders, entrepreneurs, you'll, you'll see that there's a lot of talk around building in public. And you know, there's debate of whether that's a good thing or a bad thing or whatever. I don't really care. My, my point is not build in public, but co-develop solutions with your customers or potential customers, right? Um, there's, there's two scenarios I'll call out. One, if you're building solutions for existing customer problems, then you, know, you have your customers that you can go work with and co-develop solutions with. But if you're building solutions for a broader market problem that may open up new market segments that doesn't really become relevant to your current customer base, but you're trying to expand into new markets, um, then you have to go find who those customers are if you haven't already right and be able to co-develop with them but the reason why we co-develop is, is because we need to test assumptions as we go throughout the process okay we have to make sure that we have precisely defined the problem and the best way that i like to do this is by wireframing initial solutions right some potential solutions to solve the problem i do this for two reasons because we can kill two birds with one stone, or if you want to be more animal friendly, we'll feed two birds with one seed doing it this way. 
Okay, and this is what I mean. Once we bring wireframes of potential solutions to our customers, two things will happen. Naturally, they will tell us whether or not we've precisely defined and understood their problem because either our solution will be way off base, it'll be close, or it'll be spot on, right? And so if we're way off base, that's a pretty good indicator that we haven't precisely defined their problem, okay? But if we're close, that's good. Then we need to figure out where the gaps are. What did we miss? What's missing, okay? And those wireframes to potential solutions help us kind of suss through that before we've gotten into, you know, tons of design work doing high fidelity mock-ups and click-through prototypes and, heaven forbid development effort and then once we've verified and validated that we've precisely defined customer problems through the wireframes then we can go to high fidelity mock-ups so the first thing we're testing is desirability i covered this on a previous podcast episode the next thing is usability okay so we've precisely defined the problem we know we're on the right track because of our wireframe and the feedback the qualitative feedback we've gotten from customers so now it's usability. Let's go mid-fidelity, high-fidelity mock-ups. Let's get click-through prototypes. Let's make sure that the solution that we've kind of settled on as the right path to solve this problem, let's make sure that in a more realistic environment, someone can actually use this. Because what typically happens is whether you're in wireframe stage or high-fidelity stage, you might show and walk the customer through the mock-ups that you have or the, the click-through prototype. And then they say, yeah, yeah, it's great. That's great. But how many of you in like some math class back in high school, college, whatever, watched the professor or the teacher go through the math equation or the, or the new problem or, or whatever it was and say, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like conceptually, it makes sense. But then when you get the homework assignment and you try to go do it, you're like, wait, how do you do this again? I totally forgot. Like this doesn't make sense. What are the steps? Well, the same thing happens in product development right? We could show the solution. We can walk through the solution. We could even click through the different, you know, um, prototype parts with our customer. And they may say, yeah, yeah, we get it. We get it. But if you hand it to them and say, I want you to do this thing, I want you to get to this outcome and watch them try to go through it. You would be amazed how many flaws you find in your design. You'd be amazed the follow-up feedback that you get around you know, what people think they're looking at versus what you wanted them to look at, how you, how they perceive information versus how you wanted to portray that information, right? It could be as little as, as copy changes in the UI. It could be um, where you put certain things in, in the UI, your information architecture. It could be things like that are much more minute than the overall design that you did, but like intricate parts within the design that throw them off. And they could be minor changes, but you'd rather catch that there in the usability test than whenever you've developed it and shipped it to market and you're trying to figure out why you're not getting adoption. Okay, So you're de-risking your product launch and you're setting yourself up for a much more likely scenario to have a valuable solution, feature, product that you put into the world that gets adopted, gets used, and gets loved, and then gets talked about, right? So build marketing into your product where people want to talk about it because they have such a great experience. And, and really that's, that's it, right? Um, outside of feasibility, you, you want to make sure that you can actually ship it within a time frame that's uh, feasible and that's viable. 
right? Uh, we could get into timelines and why I hate timelines and why most of them are arbitrary, uh, but that, that'll be a different podcast episode. But really, like the discovery piece is so critical to crafting great solutions, because like I said, if we don't understand and precisely define customer problems, we can never solve them. And if we don't validate that we've understood it, we'll be left with critical assumptions that impact so much more downstream. And then if we don't validate that what we build is usable, then we might build the right solution to the right problem. And it still doesn't get adopted because people can't figure out how to use the darn thing. But if we can get all of those parts right, then the iteration loops that we get and the feedback loops that we seek in the future, the, the scope of what we missed or the scope of the improvement we need to make to correct any mistakes we made along the way will be significantly reduced over the situation where we didn't precisely define the problem, but we just put some surface level feedback into our backlog and tried to build the solution. So I hope you can see the difference there of, of why we don't just take solutions or problems that we've been given, put those in our backlog and figure out how to solve them within a bubble and then ship them without talking to anyone. It's, it's not good practice. And, and frankly, I think it's the most undervalued and underutilized part of product management is that whole discovery process. So I hope this helps. Um, if, if you're enjoying these episodes and you're getting value out of them, I would love for you to share these with a friend, share these with your team. Um, but yeah, leave us, leave, leave us a rating and review so we know how we're doing. Uh, let us know if there's different formats that you want to hear, questions you want answered. Um, you know, do you want panel interviews? Do you want live interaction? Do you want long form, short form? I'll do anything to, uh, to better equip each and every one of you to do your job more effectively. So I need feedback in the same way that product managers need feedback on their product. I need feedback on this podcast so I can improve and do better for you and serve the market of PMs and aspiring PMs more effectively. So thank you. Thank you for joining me. And I'll see you next week on Lessons in Product Management.